0: 2002, Darwin. I'm sitting on a swing and I'm wearing a uh, 60s retro Auburn flip wig, a um, sheer and shimmering aqua caftan bra, hot pants and a ostentatious pair of sparkling shoes. My body is full of glitter and ecstasy. <laughs> I feel amazing. It's New Year's Eve and I am performing in a nightclub and as the swing glides over the heads of the revelers, there that night I begin to sing, can you see? Lives. Easy when you consider things from another point of view. I mean, you know the song, right? Yeah, yeah, you know the song. Little did I know that considering things from another point of view would become such a staple in my life, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I wish that I had been born a Catholic, Catholics can do whatever they want. I mean, they don't own exclusive rights to the whole guilt thing. And besides, they've got the confessional, they've got penance, so you can be the most perfectly pious or the most wretchedly belligerent person. And there's a space for you in the endlessly open arms of the universal Catholic Church. Protestants on the contrary, are defined by one single word. Work. I mean, if you are in human resources, let me tell you, there is nothing more valuable than a working class Protestant. We will do literally anything. And uh, so I was raised to know that I would be known by others by my fruit. By my good works, by my working to be good. I learned through the scriptures that salvation was a process of daily labor, and I worked hard towards that cause. I worked really hard towards that cause. 1996, I'm in Bachelor, a small township just south of Darwin, for those that don't know it. Um, It's an open-air chapel, sort of makeshift. Um, It's a revival meeting and uh, people have gathered from all over the country but, you know, not too many that would be just shy of a hundred folks and... um, a group of fabulous women who are part of a choir from somewhere in the Kimberley step up to a makeshift pulpit to sing their songs of praise to God. And as they sing, they, um, they begin to tremble and to shake and... Uh, and the atmosphere in the room is, is quite thick and they're singing and they're shaking and I can see that a number of these women start to fall to the floor and when they hit the floor, it's like the room just is full of electricity. And as they're singing, shaking and falling, one by one, members of the audience too have fell to their knees, trembling beneath the power of an almighty deity. And a, um an old cowboy rises up to the pulpit to uh, address the crowd. And uh, he says, this thing that we feel tonight, it's a mighty spirit wind, and it's been blowing through the desert and the regional places that the nation has forgotten. And that very wind was coming from those forgotten places and was about to sweep through the towns and the cities. And we were bearing witness to that tonight. He said that the souls of men were like sheaves of wheat bowing before that mighty spirit wind. He said there's power in the blood. The power of God to stand at the edge of time and call men forward. And for those of us who had ears to hear that night, we too were being called. And if we said yes, he would make us harvesters of souls. And with a fire in his eyes, he pointed his finger toward me and he said, how will you respond to that calling? Trembling on my knees, feeling the weight of the power of Almighty God, I said, Lord, send me. I submit my life to your will. Let the wind of your spirit fill my lungs that the words of my mouth might heal the hearts of the broken. Send me. And a man that I respected came and put his hand on my head and as he touched me, waves of electricity pulsed through my body and he said, that's it, Matty. From now on, no more school, from now the ministry. It didn't work out. <laughs> but nonetheless, for the next five years, I gave myself completely to service of the church and the poor and needy. But by the end of that five years, for the church and for myself, things were starting to unravel and at 22 and i've said it before i came out of the closet and fell on to the floor and i wore high heels and makeup and dresses and more and i danced for the boys like a queen and a whore i swapped the pulpit for the podium and the pole i swapped vestiges and robes for um, wigs and stilettos. I swapped the church band for a soundtrack and a lip service for lip syncing for your life. (laughs) And I felt powerful. Well, most of the time. Um, But for the rest of the time, Darwin had just become a little bit too small. And somewhere between the polarity of the pulpit and the Pole. There were just too many faces, too many memories, and I really needed to get some fresh air. So within a year, I fled to London in a daring daylight escape. 2006, London. I'm working for Universal Music. Uh, I have a lovely office overlooking St. James Square. My job is basically to listen to the entire back catalogue of fantasy records, which was a jazz and blues label that, um, you know, covered all the greats in that genre. So it was pretty lovely. Um, I had applied to uh, commence a degree in philosophy and theology. and You know, I really wanted to do that work, you know, unpack uh, or, or develop it kind of toolkit to deconstruct and really contend with those big ideas and sort of make sense of those dogmatic days of my youth. So I'm probably listening to Miles Davis or something fabulous like that. And um, and then my inbox makes a noise and there's an email containing documents saying that my study had been approved and I should commence uh, um, my studies in the spring. And I was so excited. And then all of a sudden this just, One terrifying thought came into my brain which paralysed me with fear because, like, holy shit, I've just decided to go and study the Bible for three years? Like, what am I thinking? And what if in trying to contend with those structures and those ideas, they once again contend with me? Like, am I even strong enough for that? I mean it's it's not like I had been living a religious life. I mean I left those structures behind many 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 years before but there's something about when you grow up with that as a scaffold around you that it in some way it writes itself into your body. So I did something that felt really natural but was also kind of a surprise. I prayed I sat there at my desk and I closed my eyes and I lifted my head to heaven and I said, Lord, grant me the faith not to believe in you anymore. And, it, and in that moment, it, it wasn't forever, but in that moment, everything just disappeared, like just like, just like that. And I knew that everything was going to be okay. So perhaps I'm more of a Catholic than I thought I was. <laughs> Because after all, it took, a, um, it took a leap of faith to unbelieve, to uh, find a space within the endless open arms of the universe and consider things from another point of view.